Hey everybody, Daniel here again. And like last week, we're going to replay some of the story elements that have been embedded within our normal episodes. And um, we're going to do this one more week after this. So this will be essentially chapter two, and then we'll do it chapter three. Um, this week we'll feature the last of my solo narration elements. Though I'm going to include one new story piece that will be played in the upcoming Monday episode here. Uh, so you'll get actually a new piece of the story embedded into this one. Hopefully you've been enjoying these story elements. And if so, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to our show. Uh, and then in next week's Lucky Ghost Show, we'll replay several of the story pieces uh, from some of our fantastic and talented podcasting friends who have so kindly recorded uh, portions of this story for all of us. Uh, and at that point, I think that we'll be all set for our push to uh, the conclusion of these initial chapters of that secondary story called The Resonance. So without further ado, this is The Resonance, Centralia, Chapter 2. Light crackles along jagged edges as the knot unwinds. A bell tolls its solemn tone, the resonance of the mind. A choice has made its end unclear, to displace or disembark. A note of ending and beginning in the distance, in the dark. Light crackles as the ageless knot becomes unbound. The cruel eyes of the ticket boss, whose job it was to dock the $11 a month wages of laborers presenting coal carts containing too little coal or too much Slater rock, caused the miner to shrink back in silence before sulking away. Yeah, go cry to your mum, then come back and do a man's day's labor. The voice of Jack Langdon drifted off as the elderly miner trudged toward home, bone-weary. He wouldn't be able to hide his injuries for much longer, but what was he to do? Let his family starve? The shadows in front of him shifted and then settled into the form of a cloaked figure, a woman whose face remained hidden in the shadows of the hood. Maybe seeing a man what could use a little hope. He stopped mid-stride on the trail, looking at her more closely now. That cloak was very fine material. Hands were gloved, and shined sturdy boots of such fine manufacturing that you couldn't see leather grain. Well, your attention now, have I? What if I could assure you 
that your family would be taken care of. Would you be willing to do something for me? Seeing the ascent in the old man's eyes, she took his elbow and led him deeper into the wood. Come in. There is much to discuss. doors burst open, and the room suddenly filled with smoke, scattering the men seated at the large table in the center of the room. Flashes and shouts filled the room along with the crash of furniture as men scattered to the far exit and some to confront the intruders. Edward Coyle had been seated at the foot of the table and therefore was nearest the exit door on the far side of the cabin. Now that the shock of the front door bursting open had worn away, he was overcome with urgency to hide the small booklet with its journal entries. The names on the journal were found, their entire enterprise would be compromised. His mind whirled as he sought his footing, groped his way to the rear door. Something heavy sailed past his shoulder, and the brief swirl created by the flying object through the smoke revealed the proper path. In a few strides, he had made the door and was pushing himself out into the night. What greeted him was more shocking than the initial invasion, causing him to draw up to a complete stop. Holding the small journal tightly in his left hand, his right lifted to shield his eyes from the blinding light that appeared in front of him. Mr. Coyle, I'm sorry, but your time here has come to an end. We need you to come with us. The speaker held out a palm-sized silver object, a small oval engraved with a familiar seal. His mind reeled at the sight of it. Seeming to notice his shock and confusion, the voice continued. I assure you that this is very real, but I am afraid that we're out of time. He felt a sudden jolt across his shoulders and then <sighs> darkness took him. As the sounds subsided in the small cabin and the bright lights winked out, the lone figure straightened from a crouched position. The events of this night were of grave concern. This amount of interference was both unexpected and unacceptable. It would need to be reported at once. As swift as a thought, the figure turned and strided more deeply into the night's shadows. Deep within the Oclo mine, something stirred. First a sound like the whirring of gears, then silence, and then an explosion of power, of light and sound and extraordinary visions. It was as though the whole of human history was crashing into the whole of cosmic history, staggering, mind-bending. Then a clap like thunder, and silence once again. Yes, we have done what we have sought to do. 
Why not be so exuberant? Why you, Doctor? For me and the boys here, we'll be taking over now. Nay, this cannot be. You do not understand this. You do not know what you are doing. Why now? So worried, are you? Well then, how about the trade? You? Work for us. And we? Don't make you disappear. Madame, this is important work. No, no. Get away from me. You cannot. I did not let you. sound of the explosion echoed across the West African landscape, wildlife taking flight, and again the hooded figure watched from a secluded point, then turned and disappeared. against what? A handful of striking miners. This just isn't right, sir. It is not ours to question, Sergeant. It is ours to follow orders. And you have yours. Now, round them all up. All of them. Anyone that gives even a whisper of resistance, take them down, bring them in. We'll sort them out. Then God will sort them out. Permission to speak freely. It won't matter, Sergeant. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to think, it's out of our hands now. There's been violence, a lot of it. We're here to put an end to that, so the regular folk can go on with their lives. This man, Goen, he's the new district attorney. Doesn't matter if he does own all the mines in the area. He's basically the law and the judge now. I'd like it no more than you, Sergeant. But we have our orders. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, 
in every nook, boys! Every barrel! I want those men! And I want a clean list in the end! This is the end of the volley! It's the end of the line! Well, there you are, sir. The men are moving out. We'll have this wrapped up swiftly. I like the sound of that. Very much indeed. I only pray that what we are doing here is the right thing. Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the PodCon Go Network. PodCon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. listening to the happy-go-lucky podcast which releases a new story episode each monday the happy-go-lucky podcast is a proud member of the new and upcoming podicon go podcasting network a podcast network dedicated to creating and publishing family-friendly content learn more online at happygolucky.com lucky is spelled l-u-k-k-y and hey if you're interested in advertising with us or sponsoring content on an episode head on over to thecrosspods.com where you can reserve your ad space. Content must be clean because this is a family-friendly podcast. You can also support the show as a patron. Just check us out at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lucky Go, L-U-K-K-Y-G-O, which is where you'll also find us on all your favorite social media channels. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here for our next story episode this coming Monday.